This is CliffCentral.com. When it comes to public speakers, Michael Jackson is one of the best in the business. With decades of professional experience and an ability to connect with every audience member, he's truly become one of the world's most renowned presenters. And I thought I'd pick his brain and find out what the speaking circuit is looking like, what the conference circuit is looking like at the moment, and how that business has changed. Michael, we don't really need an excuse to speak to you, but it's always good to do so. And uh, I'm sure that you are... um, in lockdown like the rest of us and, and looking at a very different future than the one that you were planning at the, at the, the turn of, of last year, right? Quite extraordinary, Gareth, and thank you for the opportunity and the honour of being on your programme with you. Um, you know, as a change speaker, as a conference speaker, I've had over 2,700 events in 46 countries. My wife says before lockdown, in the year before, I'd slept in 186 hotel rooms the year before. <laughs> yeah. um, and now she's sick of the sight of me being at home, as we all are, in this interminable <laughs> lockdown that we're going through that seems to be all kind of crazy. Um, you know, the, the world is changing, though, and I talk about change. So um, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm not a super forecaster and I didn't predict it along with the rest of all the so-called gurus around the world. But, you know, we're living in change now and change in our lifetimes is coming faster than it ever has to anyone ever else before. And that means we've got to think differently and respond differently. So I'm okay with lockdown, even though it's changed my entire income stream, my life, my pattern, my living styles. You know, I've just got to think about taking my business into a new world, as you yourself have pioneered, you know, in terms of what you've done, in terms of your own uh, your own situation as well. So those who master the technology in this world are the ones who I believe will win into the future. All right. So if, if mastering the technology is part of what you need to do in order to to ride the change and not have the change ride you, how are businesses responding in your experience and, and what is the message that you are giving to them? It's kind of extraordinary, really. I mean, 2020 was meant to deliver our future. You know, every science fiction movie was aimed at 2020. A tech smart, a seamless, a more connected, better planet supposedly awaited us all. And we've lived through change. I mean, you know, since man landed on the moon and we celebrated that 50th anniversary last year, you know, in the 70s, we got PCs. In the 80s, we got mobile phones. In the 90s, we got the internet. And then as the new century dawned, we all started collaborating. The last decade was all about convergence, people working out how to come together. And this decade now is going to be about hyperconvergence. You know, how we actually move and control ourselves, even if we can't physically get around the world as we're used to. Now, our problem is that we were bound by habitual behavior. Tired, familiar patterns and practices, you know, routines. And that's why they have traffic reports on the radio, right? Because in the mornings we get into work, we all commute the same way. We get stuck in traffic. We moan about traffic without realizing that we are the bloody traffic. And what we haven't (laughs) seen in all of this change that we have meant to have adapted to so far is that when a black swan lands, and a black swan being a strange, extraordinary event, um, you know, things really become instantly different and our behavior has to change. Vladimir Lenin said 100 years ago, there are decades when nothing happens and then there are weeks when decade happens. Wow. And that's kind of like where we are now. How do we respond? Ignorance, disbelief, uncertainty, confusion, anxiety. It's crazy. And then the fight, flight or freeze scenario where information overload comes bounding at us. You know, there was a... What businesses should be doing is what a lion tamer did back in 1920, 100 years ago. 
Mm-hmm. There was a guy called Clyde Beatty, an American lion tamer. You know, if, if you got that old circus, horrible bloody things, if you imagine the old circus, you know, the lion tamer coming in, cracking the whip and the lion frozen in front of him. The whip, by the way, with lion tamers then was for show. Clyde Beatty was the first guy to take in a dining room chair along with his whip and wave it at the lion because it was too much information for the lion. When the four legs were moving at it, uh, the lion just froze. And we've suffered through that now. Our government has behaved like a lion. Mm-hmm. We've just frozen. We didn't take flight. We didn't, uh, we didn't try and fight our way out. We've frozen. Our government behaved like lions. And with our work-life routines disrupted and everything gone wrong, our traditional thinking hadn't prepared us. So we went through the classic denial curve. You know, denial, anger, fear. Instead of focusing on a future, we've argued about, you know, whether we can have cigarettes, whether we can have beers. We've argued about whether certain government ministers are performing. All of that is nonsensical because what we need to do is accept the bigger picture. And what we needed to do was lead through communication. Sadly, most business leaders have vanished or frozen like the lion and Clyde Beatty's day did. Beatty, by the way, lived to be 66 years old as a lion tamer. Because wow. he mastered making people freeze or lions freeze. So we should have been out there talking and communicating and we haven't been. Uh, so, so how could people communicate now? I mean, you know, it's, it's a hell of a thing to be able to, to determine the best way of, of reacting in hindsight. But now we're 10, 10 weeks into a lockdown. There are many questions that are still unanswered. Yeah. There are people who still don't know what to do. Um, and many of those people who still don't know what to do, who are frozen, as you've just described, are business leaders who have huge uh, companies that they're trying to run with with massive uh, staff complements. And they, they, they can't afford to be frozen, right, Michael? Correct. And it's about collaboration. You know, if people are sitting at home listening to this now, even at lockdown level three, they're going to be panicking. Do I have a job? What's going on? Does my company keep trading? How do I work? What do I do? And we've spent an awful lot of those weeks since lockdown began stumbling around our homes, trying to figure out what we should be doing. Now, if your leaders and business leaders, if they're listening to this themselves, if leaders had been out giving a collaborative message of hope and sense um, and sharing what's going on with people, I mean, Ironically, you know, we've been bound up by red tape and bureaucracy, and we see how slowly things turn, particularly in government terms. Yet with with coronavirus now, we've seen how red tape and bureaucracy can be snipped through in set. And what we need is a purpose-driven and focused leadership platform that needs to be developed and communicated. And if people are still getting into this now, they're almost too late because their people are, are frozen at home, panicked and fearful. But there was a brilliant example. I ran something with uh, my, my global connections asking about any leadership that had really shone through in the world that had grabbed an organization and shared stuff with their people effectively. You know what the winner was outright by, by a golden mile? Mm-hmm. Robbie Brosen's Andos. And if really? you go onto YouTube right now and look up Nando's Lockdown, When Robbie Brosen put together, not an advert, and we know how good their adverts are, um, when Robbie Brosen sent out a message to his Nandokas, the people who work for Mm -hmm. him in Nando's, about why they were turning off the flame for the first time ever in Nando's temporarily, what it would mean, what they would be doing during that time, and when they were coming back. It's on YouTube because people couldn't help but share it. It's one of the most incredible viral bits of leadership messaging, and that should give people an example. You know, we, we... 
shared with. We want to be communicated with. Mm. We need to generate some trust and some, you know, learning about people and our customers and our markets. We should be talking to other people. It's almost leadership through communication is kind of my big push at the moment. We're, we're on a journey. We need to understand it. You need to shape a message around that journey, package it, deliver it with some passion, and then engage it for feedback and let people talk to each other. Goodness knows we've got the technology for it. We may be apart, but we're physically together. You know, it's, it's, it's not difficult to do, but most people are frozen like Clyde Beatty's lions. So, Michael, you, you have a, an interesting network, which you mentioned in the, in the last answer. And really, the, the network that you speak to invo- involves and, and includes collaborators from all over the world and in all spheres of influence and life. And one of them is, is someone who I read regularly, yeah. Seth Godin. And he has some interesting things to say about marketing and advertising during this time. Yeah, I was I was lucky enough to be on a Zoom call a couple of nights ago with with Seth, and he was talking about the future. And you know, when he speaks, I listen because it's always amazing stuff that he that he talks about. What he said was fascinating. He said, "Twenty twenty one is coming. Whether you're prepared for it, whether you're ready for it, or whether you want it to or not, it's coming. And it's harsh and it's brutal. The world will continue in a new form. Best you understand that that's going to happen. And if you want to be of that new world start to get that new business focus now start to think about engaging with people refocusing your business aligning for new uh, new practices and adapting to a changing world because ultimately you've got to drive a business and deliver something so you know it's it's a confrontational slap in the face really i think he said but hmm. you know when you when you talk about stuff like that you look at the average business leader and the average CEO today is, I think, 63 or 64 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different world. You know, they're closer to the past than they are to where we are now in modernity. And you can't run your business or communicate in your business or drive your business the way that we did in a post-war, Second World War kind of generation. This is new stuff. This is totally different. And it's not just about millennials and all that kind of stuff. It's about human connectivity. It's about how people feel, how they think and how they behave. And what we need to do is it's almost like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of principles that yep. said uh, once humans have survival and they look for safety and then they look for friends and mm-hmm. then esteem. And at the top of the pyramid, they'll buy a piece of art. Well, you don't look <laughs> for survival and safety for the first things today. You look for Wi-Fi. Then you look for <laughs> coffee. And when you've got Wi-Fi and coffee, you're on social media. And then you look for instant gratification, which are all those likes. And the top of the pyramid today, you're not going to an art gallery. You're looking for a sense of purpose, which is why people are concerned about the amount of plastic in the, in, in the oceans and, you know, the carbon footprints that people leave. It's a new world. And for that, you need a new business focus. You know, I'm privileged to, you know, to have spoken with people like Seth and, and a number of people that I'm speaking to around the world. I spent the whole of yesterday, you know, from Switzerland to the U.S. talking to business people. It's not just us here in South Africa, where the majority of your listeners are that are struggling right now. People are struggling with this in America. They're struggling with it in Europe. They're struggling with it in India, and they're struggling with it in China. We need to have. We need agility. We need to understand the world is more empowered, more involved, and more engaged. And it's got to be different. We've got to co-create and communicate a lot better. And that's why I'm very disappointed in our business leaders, with the exception of a couple, like Robbie Brosy. Worth yeah. looking at that video, Nando's lockdown. Yeah, I, I, I remember seeing it. It, it was out fairly 
shortly at the beginning of lockdown and it it did make Very an impression good. on me it's yeah. Re- yeah it was really good but what you're saying is is also i think an important point here is that so many people who we're relying on to take those leadership positions and to make a difference with them are actually the ones who are waiting for someone else to do something now this is a question about leadership and i'm wondering because we've been asking for the last 10 years maybe even longer maybe through throughout the course of human history where are these leaders that we think we deserve are we are we getting any closer to an answer or is the the frustrating answer there aren't any um i think it's probably there aren't any but some new ones are growing and emerging you know it was funny i mean you you know you mentioned seth godin i did a zoom call last night uh, with eric yuan the the founder of zoom Oh yeah, um, who can't speak English, and not because he's Chinese. I mean, he speaks English, but you know, in a Chinese style. But he can't speak normal human language. He talks like a nerd. I'd never been on a Zoom call with him before. He's like a hyper nerd. And all I wanted to know, you know, because governments say that Zoom's not safe. Goodness me! I mean, it is safe, but it's safe to them, and they talk about it in terms of I/O speeds and version five point zero two has got this built into it. I was trying to say to him, Eric, just tell people that it's safe and how you know it's safe and it's encrypted and all of those things in plain English. His marketing director was on the call. She didn't understand what I was trying to say. All they wanted to do was talk to techno nerds. So you've got to communicate in the right way and good leaders will emerge from that level of communication. And I think that, you know, when you look at leaders of today, you look at an Elon Musk you know, who's bizarre by by normal people's standards, by old people's standards. Mm. But is he bizarre or is he just getting on with forging a new environment? I mean, what he's doing seems to be amazing. Well, I mean, there's so many examples of people where there's a disconnect between what, you know, the intelligentsia and the established um, power structures and and elites of the world think is acceptable and, and what these new people are forging. I mean, not least of which... You know, it's happening in America where currently the political establishment is increasingly distant from the electorate. Uh, you have people who criticize Elon Musk and, and some of his ideas. You have people who complain about, um, about, about South African government, for example. And, and there is something to be said for those people who are conscientious objectors to bad ideas that continue being put into, into circulation. You've often said things on social media that got you into trouble just as I have. Do you find that th- there are less people yes. that are tolerant of this kind of thing and, and that people are actually cowed into submission a lot of the time, despite the fact that they have access to all of this technology and an ability to make their voices heard, an ability to, to feel listened to? Uh, despite all of that, they tend to go and hide in their, you know, put their heads in the sand and, and try not to draw too much attention to themselves for fear of being criticized themselves. Well, strangely enough, Seth Godin said one of the biggest mistakes he'd ever made in his life when we were chatting the other night was that five years ago, he called social media the the biggest blessing that the planet had ever seen. He now thinks it's one of the biggest curses the planet has ever seen because, you know, it gives a voice to everybody. But even the playground bully that you were at school with is still shouting, fisting his or her way out of the play. Um, And we've almost got an overshare with no oversight now, I don't know, and he doesn't know either, who would supply such oversight. But, you know, you look at the, 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 the different spread in where the world has gone. We've, we've seen in our lifetimes the power shift from the Western world over to the Eastern world. You know, China is now responsible for 63% of global growth. 
America that we grew up with or Europe are nine and four percent respectively, right? The power base is shifted, and that's why noisy politicians like Trump appealing to the populist mentality, and mark my words, he's incredibly popular. He will win again, and he's planning a dynasty, by the way. Um, He wants to put people on Mars because Kennedy, the other big dynasty, uh, put people on the moon. So he wants to go one better and go to Mars. And wait wait for this. I believe, even with coronavirus, against sleepy Joe Biden, he's going to win once again because he's populist. And I believe that what he'll try and do in four years' time is push his daughter, Ivanka Trump, as the next president to keep the uh, Trump dynasty going. So mark my words on that. But, you know, what? I think what we've got to realize is life is not complex. We've just got to figure out the difference between what's urgent and what's important. There are things we need to learn every day, and there are things we need to let go of every day. Mm-hmm. Things that are urgent are customers, partners, listening to them and responding to them. And believe it or not, Trump does that. Our government does that. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, if, you don't, if you don't personally approve of their policies, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to learn from their people, their partners, and what's going on around them because right. it's urgent and important. After that, when you understand your market, you then put in your ideas, your opportunities, and you, you, know, you look for growth. Um, we've got to live in certain ways, so learn new things every day. Look for opportunities from what you've learned. Things you've got to live with, ethics, morals, and standards, and things that are neither urgent nor important that we should be letting go of are negativity, doubt, and routine. And yet, our fundamental human mindset is to start every day with negativity, doubt, and routine. We moan about the traffic. We're stuck in a routine. Well, here's a brand new example with coronavirus spreading across our planet with no known vaccine, and there probably won't be one for 12 to 18 months, we're going to have to let go of that negativity and doubt as much as we've let go of the routine. And we've got to look new ideas and learn new stuff, new behaviors every day. Whether you're in business, whether you're in politics, whether you're just, you're just the man on the street having a cup of coffee in your favorite coffee shop once they reopen. It's not, life isn't complicated. You, you and I know that. Yeah, it's but, not complex. But Michael, but people who listen more and get into it more um, are the ones who tend to succeed. People yeah. don't like change, and you, you as a change specialist and someone who deals with other people who are change specialists and who talks about this stuff all the time, you, you obviously know that because people have a resistance to change, that these things are terrifically unwelcome in their lives. You say, I have to give something up, and the, the associated yeah. un, unhappiness with giving something up is much, much worse in my head than the joy of taking on something which is much better. Look at the people who are moaning about the banning of cigarettes in this country. Most of them aren't even smokers. You know, I don't want to give up something I didn't even have. It's ridiculous. All this denial and anger and fear that we go through with change. Yeah. Instead of looking on the up curve for hope and progress and belief. You know, I've, I, I said to my wife after the first lockdown, our first three-week lockdown, I said, I'm really sorry that it's over um, as we thought it was going to become. I said, because I haven't done everything I wanted to do in this lockdown. You know, I'm I'm working on stuff. I'm not I'm not being irritated by government controls. They don't bother me. Um, you know, I'm not. My work life routine has been disrupted. No, it hasn't. It's just been changed. I'm not negative about it. It's just a brand new lifestyle, and I'm learning that as quickly as I can because there are going to be winners and there are going to be losers. You know, if people are sitting at home on their guavas, going, "Well, I've got nothing more to do. I've cleaned the house. I don't know what else to do. I can't smoke. Everything's shit." Um, well, they're, they're crazy. I mean, they're, they're not 
the smartest people on the planet. Let's face it. You know, and it's, it is weird. There are no experts for this yet, by the way. You know, um, yeah. I think, Gareth, that there, there are two types of experts. There are those who don't know, and there are those who don't know that they don't know. So all, everyone's making all of this up because it's brand new to us. In fact, you know, coronavirus predictions, where they're going, you might as well put a dart in a chimpanzee's hand and ask it to hit the bullseye on a dartboard because the chimp's got much as, just as much chance of predicting the future as any of our so-called experts. But I'm not letting that bigger picture bother me. I'm engaged with people every single day. I've got a converted dining room. I lived in a house where I'm blessed to have a dining room. Thank goodness. I hadn't used it in the 10 years that I've been in this house more than twice. <laughs> I've now sat in it for 10 weeks. I quite like this room. Yeah. I'm repurposing it to be my brand new office. I'm giving up my office. I never want an office again. I yeah. hate traffic. Mm-hmm. And now I've got the chance to change everything. Yes. Is it good or bad? You see, this is it great. on the way you view it. But- <laughs> you, you, highlight something, you highlight something that's so tremendously important, and, and it misses many of us. Because the people who are complaining about how awful the world is and what a disaster everything is and how it's all going to resort to, you know, it's all going to result in absolute hell and, and, and the apocalypse are the people who were complaining before COVID-19 and they'll keep complaining afterwards. And the ones who find a way to make Correct. it work for them are the ones who probably would have found, uh, you know, joy and success and, and some form of, of sustenance and happiness in whatever ugliness they inhabited before this. It, it seems universal. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's you have to apply your brain to all of this stuff. You know, you look at our, our current lockdown regulations in level four before moving into level three. You can't buy open toed shoes. I mean, a government department actually sat down and thought about that shit. How and why did they waste their time? I just don't get that. But and you can't meet your family. Well, my wife is going to Woolworths. And I'm sure she meet. I can't say that she is publicly because I'm sure that the guy with the hat will come and arrest us. But I'm sure that she's met her, her daughter um, at the coffee shop at Woolworths and they've wandered around pushing a trolley together with a mask on. Yeah. Um, there are ways around all of this stuff instead of just moaning. Dominic Cummings in the UK, <laughs> the Boris Johnson's advisor. I mean, good old Dominic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what there are, there are people saying there should be opticians in Barnard Castle at the moment saying if, if you want the best eye test in Britain as soon as you can get to us drive to Barnard Castle what a business opportunity for them but I mean who cares who cares, who cares exactly just get on with your own life and figure out your life no it's just amazing it's, it's and, silly, and, isn't and it? people it's are trying that you know because things haven't worked out the way that some people had hoped for 2020 and that a great many of us right uh, some some people's anger and yeah. and their and their unhappiness and frustration at what's going on needs to be directed somewhere. So they're looking for someone to blame, whether it's Dominic Cummings or Nkwasasana Dlamini Zuma or Donald Trump or the Chinese or whoever it might be. And I mean, we're all yes, all of us are susceptible to this thing. We need to villainize someone else because then it means we're not responsible for what happens afterwards. We can always have someone a scapegoat yes. to put our our problems on and send into the desert. You know, in, in fundamental terms, um, wherever you live in the world, your government is seen as incompetent by a large majority of its population. Media is seen as the new phrase, fake news. Mm-hmm. Business is corrupt. The planet has to be toxic. And there are four major issues that people are focusing on with negativity. And one of them is politics and the trade wars that come in is the second one. Then there's the fact of illegal immigration. My goodness, we don't want that. And then pollution and the plastic in the ocean. Those four things have focused modern minds substantially. And yet 
There are people working in politics. There are people working in trade. There are people working on and in and through immigration. And there are people working on anti-pollution methods. Let's worry about the things that we can ultimately control. Let's think about our own lives. Let's learn about ourselves as well as other people and then start thinking about how we put ourselves into a new arena where we can win in the world that's going to change. Seth Godin, 2021 is coming. Whether you want it to, like it to, or hate the idea of it, it will be here whether you're in it or not. End of story, really. End of story. And what a great way to end this conversation. I could, I could talk to you for hours, but I think we've got all the, the salient points out as succinctly as you always put them. Thank you, Michael. Michael Jackson, you can find out more about what he's up to and you can go to, uh, to his website to discuss many other things with him. He's obviously going to be traveling the world as soon as he's able again. Um, you must have, you must have enjoyed. And still virtually as well. Yeah, virtually, of course, but you must have enjoyed actually being at home for a little bit. Because you traveled a fort. I mean, I remember we we used to see you when you had a regular show with us. We would see you every fifth or sixth week if we were lucky. The rest of the time you were in some other country. <laughs> I know, and that was the problem. You know why I couldn't work with you on your phenomenal platform. It wasn't wasn't fair that I'm not there regularly enough to be a part of it. But you know the one the the best thing of all about lockdown for me is that when I'm in the home now where I live, my dogs do not bark at me. That's, yeah, that's, they used to do that when I arrived home. <laughs> They've got to know you. All right, Michael, thank you so much. <laughs> Great to talk to you. And uh, as always, we would like to tap into your brain from time to time to just see what you think of, of all the changes happening around us. Michael Jackson, everybody. This is CliffCentral.com.